I want to know what What is a believer? Shout out synonyms or whatever you think. What comes to mind? Believer. Faith. Fa yes. Faith. Joy. Follower. What else? Extravagance. That's, that's excellent. So would that fall under like sonship? Extra, because we're like, I'll just write extravagance. Your word's better than, your word's better than mine. She's like, no, I like extravagance. <laughs> Experience. Experience, that's great. Light as in light bulb? Light. Yeah, Christian. Where's a believer going when he kicks the bucket? <laughs> he is heaven bound. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. Would you like to come stand up here? <laughs> Encourage me all night long. <clears throat> This is good. I mean, we can go on forever, but I, I don't have any more room. <clears throat> okay, so uh, the, the root of this word is belief, which is faith. Um, and so when you have faith, you're a Christian with joy, you begin to follow Jesus, experience him, extravagant life, you're the light of the world, and when you die, you're heaven bound. Isn't that great news? That is wonderful. All right. You guys ready for the curveball? What then is a disciple? That is a great word. It's like you read my mind. What else? Shout it out. What's a disciple? Follower. Okay, so we're going to transfer this over here, right? Servant. What's up? Servant. Servant, yeah. We sure hope so. <laughs> Ark of glory. Ark of glory. Yeah. Do you write songs? <laughs> you do? Come on now. Come on. Prophetic word number one. Who's up next? Committed. Leader committed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Committed. Okay. Yes. Okay. Tracy just uh, rem remember the root of the word is, is discipline. Okay. Is that a happy word? Discipline. Okay. What, uh, what kind of disciplines uh, would a disciple participate in? Yeah. Prayer. 
what else? What are, Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster. Who's read that? There's like 12 of them. I can never remember them. Fast. Okay. What? Wait. Ting. Worship. Um, meditate. Uh, oh, yeah, giving. Giving is definitely in there. Uh, what else? Any other disciplines? Yielding. What's that? Yielding. Yielding, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yield. Okay, I've run out of room again. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at these things. I'm seeing, okay, this is, this over here, from what I can see from Ephesians 2, that's, this is one of my favorite verses. Uh, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, or the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Okay, so, what's a lot of this stuff? Works, yeah, someone just yelled out. This, this works, okay, so this isn't, this isn't the path to heaven. This, this is works. And so, what, this is crazy. We've got this thing over here. All right, now I need another color. Thank you, thank you. Okay, I'm, I'm really, that's going to bother me, so there we go. <laughs> what is this? It's a, it's a gift. It is a great gift. Okay, let me see. Oh, awesome. I've got a green marker. Okay, so but all of this over here is looking a little bit more like... So, this category over here is a free gift that comes through faith in Christ. And so, other word, in other words, there's other scriptures that talks about like when you hear the word of God, you believe the word of God, faith enters your heart. You get this free gift. But over here, to be a disciple might cost you everything you have. I have a question. Um, by a show of hands, who in here wants to move from this category to this category? Is there anyone in here that would like to receive this gift and so treat the mercy of God with contempt that you just sit out the rest of your life? And in... You got your ticket stamped. 
But you know what? We, we actually probably know people like that. Why is that? Why is that? Do you think that maybe it's because they've heard a message about a father that in order to get this, it actually costs? Do you think that maybe people who, are, who have belief that Jesus is who he says he is and is going to do what he said he's going to do and has trusted him to give him a new life, if they really realize that this heaven bound was a gift, don't you think that they would be able to serve God and give up everything to a man so merciful? So do you think that maybe our preaching just in general, or, or our fathering, or our discipling, might be more works-oriented to earn this, which is actually keeping people from realizing this, which will move them over to this. A Christian is someone who trusts Jesus to forgive them of their sins, Ephesians 1.7, and to give them a new life, Luke 18 and John 5. So good works have absolutely no role whatsoever in this free gift of salvation, which means the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Romans 4.5, Ephesians 2.8-9. Guys, this is the most hated message in all of history. Did you know that there are probably works mentality demons in every single one of us that are trying to prove me wrong right now or trying to shout out, trying to keep us in the place where we're, we're trying to earn this? Do you know, there's this really famous book called Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ by Madame Guyon or Guyon. She actually, she preached that you are saved by grace through faith. She was in prison for eight years because of that. They locked her up. It is far too offensive to the religious spirit to believe that God would be that kind. Come on. Yeah. People have died for this message. One person in particular, he's our hero. <laughs> <clears throat> Nine times in the Word of God, it is said that one must believe in Christ in order to, take, to partake in the gift of salvation. Um, my friend Michael Roundtree shared this really cool story where he's talking to a buddy that he's made uh, who is a Muslim imam. And um, Michael is a pastor of a church out in North Richland Hills. And, um, and so, a pastor of a church and a Muslim imam have become friends. It's a, the start of a great joke. Um, <laughs> and they're all, they're, they can talk very, very freely with each other, and they're always challenging each other. And uh, the other day, uh, Michael asked him, um, you want to glorify God, right? And that's actually what Muslims really want to glorify their idea of God. I mean, that's, that's why they're so disciplined. That's why they're so strict. They, they really want to glorify God through their obedience. So 
um, the, the, obviously the Muslim imam said, yes, yes, we, we, we absolutely want to glorify God. And he said, okay, so um, imagine like a, a seesaw and on, on one side you, you have uh, praise towards God or glory towards God, and then on the other side, you have glory towards man. And if gl there's glory towards man, then that means there can't be glory towards God. Okay, so um, <clears throat> he said, I believe that Christianity glorifies God more than any other religion. And so that really perked his interest, and he's, and he's listening now. And, um, and he said, because... You're, you're trying to get to heaven. You're earning your way to heaven. And so when you stand before your God, that glory actually goes to you. You worked for it, didn't you? He said, but I have, a, I have a God that did it for me. And all the glory goes to him. And he converted, and the whole mosque got saved. No, not at all. <laughs> but that will happen in Jesus' name. See, we don't want to pollute the waters of Christ's gift of salvation by adding some murky, nasty works to it. Why would we do that? Disciple literally means pupil or learner. Uh, John, the Pharisees, and Paul, and Jesus all had their own disciples. The goal of a disciple is to be like his teacher. Although every Christian should be a disciple, some of us don't imitate our master, or maybe we don't imitate our master on bad days. Um, Paul describes these Christians as worldly or as spiritual infants. It's in 1 Corinthians 3. These are clearly not disciples of Jesus. And then John's gospel addresses the difference between a Christian and a disciple in John 8.30. It says, even as he spoke, he, Jesus, even as Jesus spoke, many put their faith in him. But to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. So Jesus is addressing people that have put their faith in them, put their faith in him. And he's saying to believers that are heaven bound, that if you want to be my disciples, then you hold to my teachings. See, Jesus' invitation to discipleship is not the same as the invitation to salvation from hell. A show of hands again, who wants to be a disciple? Who wants to be a disciple of Christ? I'm going I'm to read out the, uh, the qualifications from Scripture. <clears throat> These are things that you might be asked to do. Be willing to physically die for Christ. That's Mark 8. Deny oneself daily and sometimes to extreme degrees. Luke 9. Abide in his word. John 8. Love Jesus more than family members. Luke 14. Carefully weigh the cost of the commitment. Luke 14. Persevere in obedience to Christ. John 8. Humbly serve others. John 13. Love each other like Jesus loved us. John 13. John 13. 
Produce evangelistic fruit, John 15. Endure persecution, John 15. Sometimes Jesus' called, Jesus's call to discipleship included the condition of surrendering all possessions and becoming homeless. Sometimes the higher calling on our lives means the greater suffering we must endure to fulfill it. See, faith does not inevitably result in this. And so there, there has to be some kind of disconnect. Is it possible that we're, is it just possible that we might be preaching that God has a different personality than he actually has? I think uh, last Thursday, when I was taking up the, when I was receiving the offering, I should say, uh, God never takes our money. He receives it. He, he doesn't need our money, so he wouldn't take it. Um, but I was, <laughs> I was receiving the offering, and, um, and the Lord reminded me that that parable of the servants, where one, one servant got uh, uh, five talents, another servant got two talents, and another servant got one talent. The, the servants that got five talents and two talents invested them wisely and had a return on their money. But the servant that had one talent, oh, cool note, when the master returned, he said, you're going to share in my happiness. And so we know two things from this parable. The master is both fair because he gave to them according to their ability, and he is happy. But the third servant says something completely out of left field, and he says, I heard that you were a harsh man, and so I hid my talent in the ground. Here is what you gave me. See, he heard that this master was a harsh man, and so he was afraid, which crippled him. And that fear actually kept him from moving over into this category. Thanks. The difference between a Christian and a, dis a disciple is clearly seen when you read Luke 14. If you guys have Bibles, turn to Luke 14, please. We're just about done. Luke 14, verse 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, even his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Keep on reading. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first down and sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him. Verse 31. Suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming with 20,000? If he's not able, he will send a delegation, yada, yada, yada. 
Verse 33, in the same way, any of you who does not give up everything cannot be my disciple. Jesus is talking to people that have faith. But he's saying, if you want to be my disciple, literally, if you, you can envision Jesus at this time. His crew traveled around doing crazy exploits, demonstrating the kingdom. So literally, you would have to just leave your life and follow him. I mean, the, the same is true for us. Uh, symbolically and sometimes very literally, we, we literally sometimes just leave everything and go a completely different direction on an adventure with Jesus and look like complete idiots to our parents. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience. My parents are holy rollers. Turn to John 8, please. We read this earlier, but I want you to read it in your own Bible. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then he references Abram, Abraham. So why, why would we follow him to this degree when this isn't at risk. He's worthy, yeah. That's a great answer. He is fun. Oh man, I love worshiping Jesus. We're gonna have a great worship service forever. Oh, great. All right, that's good enough. Okay, come out of him, Jesus' name. Um, why would we follow him? Anybody? He is so good. Oh, I love that scripture. Say that louder, Jared. Yeah. Well, that, that parable that we mentioned earlier, that loss of the talent, the, the, the ability to produce fruit in this life will be taken away from you and you won't be able to produce fruit in the next life. You will be a spectator instead of a participator in the age to come. Do you know that there's a, there's a judgment for Christians, for believers, that we stand before the Lord. Um, it's... it's you can see it really clearly in 1 Corinthians 3. It says, uh, on that day, the fire of God will judge. And this is uh, verse 11, 1 Corinthians 3.11. For no one can lay any foundation other than one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using, using gold, silver, or costly stones, wood, hay, or stubble, or straw, his work will be shown 
for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. But if, he, if what he has built survives, he will receive his what? Rewards. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss because he himself, but he himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Okay, so it's judgment day. We're all standing before the Lord and let's pretend like we're all lined up and the fire of God, like a forest fire, is coming towards you and you have built a house out of hay. (laughs) This is what this is describing. This raging forest fire of God's judgment is coming towards you and you're in a house of hay and you look next door <laughs> and someone you knew in this, in this life, he's got a house made out of diamond walls yes. with a fire retardant sprinkler system. You look over this way, and another person you knew in this life has built his house out of costly, beautiful stones and gold. And that fire of God is coming. That would be a terrifying moment, wouldn't it? What would you like to hear on that day? Well done, done, good and faithful servant. Woo! I live for that moment. He's not just saying like a little compliment to you. He's saying it over all of creation that's gathered before you. And he's saying, this one did great. This one's my, he's my son. He took those talents and he invested them on bad days and on good days. He brought a return. Enter into the joy of your master. If you're in that house made out of hay and the fire of God is coming, it sweeps over you. And the moment that you stand before the Lord, he's not going to have the same words for you. If you were in that house, don't you think it would hurt? It would burn. You'd probably be naked. He says, but you'd be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. And none of the things you built in this life will carry into the next. And you will experience in that one moment of judgment, more pain, embarrassment, and regret than you can fit into a billion lifetimes of pain and regret. And then God will wipe away every tear from every eye. And that person that entered heaven as one escaping through the flames will be like a signpost of gratitude for all eternity. He'll be far from the throne. He'll be naked so he won't be invited to the wedding feast. His improper clothes. Um, 
I was going to write a bunch of stuff, but I think we, I think I, I hit the point, and I think that we should just pray now. <laughs> I felt the sober-mindedness of God come in the room. We've got a great eternity ahead of us. Everyone who raised their hands, uh, I know that everyone in here believes that Jesus is who he says he is. He's going to do what he said he's going to do, and we've all trusted him to give us a new life. Which means that I'm going to be partying with you for all eternity, and I know how to party. Yes. <laughs> which means that we're going to be in the greatest worship service, like... David Porcadue, Jared Morgan, and none of us are going to have any of that internal warfare, and we're going to be on this crystal sea, surrounded with seven blazing torches. There's going to be these crazy huge beings covered in eyes and, and wings singing, holy, 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 and you're going to, there's actually this scripture that says that you can see through the sea that you're standing on, and these, these crazy angels underneath there turning huge gears the size of the world, like... It's going to be this really, really awesome party forever. But on top of that, there are going to be things. We're going to be restoring the earth. We're going to be like on missions with God. We're going to be his generals. We're going to be his governors. We're going to be his judges. Forever. Isn't that great? Does that not make you want to lay down everything and become his disciple? That a gift has been given to you that the power of sin cannot take away. Felt like a Baptist preacher. <laughs> he can't take it away. <laughs> Let's all press on to the high calling that's set before us. We have a great cloud of witnesses that are uh, actually in this room. Heaven, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. There it is. 